Good morning, Great Oaks. Hey, all right, good job, first service online, good morning, welcome. Hey, so who is actually here super early for service because they didn't get the memo, the time changed? All right, a couple people, all right, and sadly probably new people, we are bad on that, but welcome. I'm glad you guys are here this morning. I am super excited to dive into our new series, but before I do, I want to talk about a couple things first. And since I'm on stage, I think I have the right to, all right, all right. Number one, who is excited that we are finally out of 2020? With that excitement, we could always go back, people. Who's excited we're in a new year, anybody? I'm excited, I'm pumped. Hey, one thing I want to talk about being a new year is there's some things that we need to start looking at. Like, man, how can we, not, how can we make sure we don't have the year we had last year? I know a lot of us are like, man, I struggled last year. There's a couple opportunities from Great Oaks I want to make sure that you are aware of. Number one, maybe you're saying, I want to dive more into the word. We talked about that as a leadership team and as a senior team on staff, and we want to make sure that we had some opportunities for you to do that. If you didn't get the e-news this last week, um, Carl Fig and the three senior team pastors on staff are doing some Bible reading challenges, and we're inviting all of you at Great Oaks online or in person to join us in one of our challenges. So you can join myself, Pastor Dan, Pastor Nate, or Carl in the challenges that we are doing. If you want to know about those, outside, as you walk out, there's on the table there, those, those challenges and what they are. Just pick a piece of paper and you can pick the one that's best for you and just follow the instructions. And that's just a way for us to dive deeper into the word this year. Because let's be honest, when we start grounding ourselves in scripture, I think we'll start to realize how good a year can be. Especially for our soul. The next thing I want to highlight is this. One thing that we do at Great Oaks is our discipleship pathway. It's our core classes. These are four weeks, all right? Four weeks, and they're each Sunday morning during second service in the living room. Connect, grow, serve, and go. There are great opportunities for everyone to say, hey, you know what? Here's what Great Oaks is about or how to plug in or what this is all about. So make sure you take up the opportunity to do those. And maybe you're saying, Chase, I did them, you know, way before you were here back when they were called something different. Well, I would love for you to take them again. I would love to have you in those classes. I promise you, you won't regret it. Just sign up online for those, and we will accommodate you, all right? So there's some two things I want you to look at this year and say, hey, maybe we should do that. We got the time. Let's do it, all right? Let's go ahead and dive into the message this morning, but before we do, let's go before our Lord in prayer. Dear Father, God, we're just so excited that we can gather here in your house this morning or online. God, as we start to unpack your word and we dive into this new series, we ask that it be words of you and from you, for your words are wise, God. God, as we spend this time worshiping in the word, may we just be impacted from the pages of scripture that are authentic and real and not in error in any way. God, we ask that you be a blessing to us as you always have been, and we just take the words of your scripture out to the world. Pray us all in your name. Amen. So I'm going to start off our sermon series this morning called Detox, all right? And, and what you need to know about the word detox is this. The definition of detox is to abstain or rid the body of toxic or unhealthy substances. And you might be saying, hey, Chase is going to get up and talk about keto, all right? Or Chase is going to be up here talking about P90X, if that's still a thing. I have no idea. Um, obviously, I have no idea. Um, and I want you to know that, yes, being physically fit and being a better you physically is important, but this is not the pastor to give that message. So I'm going to talk about something a little different this morning. 
I'm going to talk about how to detox our soul. That's what this whole series is about. What are some things that's going on inside of us that we just need to rid ourselves of? And so we've sat down and and devised these four weeks with some major things. We were talking about busy lives this week. Next week, we're covering some fear and anxiety. The week after that, maybe some malice or just some anger, revenge. And then after that, we're talking about regret and shame. And I guarantee you, you can pick one of those four weeks and be like, yep, that's the week I need to listen to. That's the week I need to really focus in. Because we've decided that we are going to do everything in our power to not feel the way we might have felt last year. And so we want to help you along with that, and we want to do this for ourselves too, because don't for one second think there's not things that I'm learning from this series as well. But this morning, we're going to dive into a fun topic called busyness, or the hurriedness of life. And I thought it would be a great passage for me to enter on, because I'll be honest, out of the three senior team pastors on staff, I think I might have the most energy, I think. Dan's close to me, though. I mean, he's a pretty energetic guy. But I'll be honest, I'm going to give you a little disclaimer this morning. Woke up this morning, got to church pretty early, and I said, you know what, Chase, you're dragging a little bit. Maybe you should have some caffeine. I did that, and you will be sorry I did. Okay? So if I start talking too fast, just tell the front row to yell at the guy on stage. But I'm excited to talk about busy lives and hurriedness this morning because it's truly a problem we have And if you don't think it's a problem we have, let me just show you some pictures that might help explain how this has become a problem. So the first two pictures I want to show, let's start off with these two. Maybe you've realized that you you look at your cell phone and maybe you have a problem with busyness if you are always available. And here's what I mean by that. All of a sudden you get a text message and it has to be answered right then. Or maybe you're that family of four when you go to sit down at a restaurant. This is, my favorite, this is my favorite people watching time. You see the kids talking to each other and you see mom and dad doing this. Those are the best ones. Or you see the whole family just on the phone. Have you realized that you're always available to whoever wants to reach you? This is always in your hand. Guys, that might be a problem. Maybe busyness is coming from a device that's taking over what's going on. The next image on the screen I want to talk about is something we might have felt at the holidays, the line at the store. If you struggle with busyness or hurriedness, you might struggle with something that I struggle with. When you're at the store, God forbid, maybe Walmart, and you're in line, and you look over the line to the left and the right, and you say, okay, I should be at the checkout counter the same time that person is and that person. And if I'm still too deep and they're already at the checkout line, I am super mad that my gambling choices were not good. Maybe that is a problem we have because we like to be hurried, we like high pace, and we, our time is valuable to us. Let me go to two more that are just my absolute favorites. When you're driving and the holidays bring out some great driving, and you see the sign that says speed limit 55, For those of you that don't know, that means 65 to 70, all right? That's what the state means by that. Police in here, don't listen to me, all right? But that's what that means. When I see a speed limit sign that says 55, it's like, okay, so you're saying I can go nine over and I'm good to go, all right? Oh, teenagers in here, that is not true. Don't do that, all right? Let's be honest. We do it. We all do that. Okay, most of us do that. We get on the highway, we're driving four or five hours, and man, we just want to get there. Time's valuable. We're hurried. That last image. 
Biggest pet peeve when driving. One of the biggest reasons why Megan hates riding in the car with me. You see this sign, and you see it for like 12 miles before you need to see it, but that's fine. And it tells you, hey, right lane is closing, get over. All right? I'm cool with that. I don't mind following instructions. I know if we all stay in the right lane or the left lane, we're going to get through here just fine. And then all of a sudden, you look in your right mirror, and you see people just, and then all of a sudden, traffic stopping in the left lane for some reason because you got people wanting to cut over the left. Let me tell you, if that is you that drives the right lane when it's closed that fast to get over, let me tell you right now, here's the person that you turned me into. I will put my front bumper as close as I can to the tra tractor trailer in front of me, and no, I will not have any mercy for you trying to get over into my lane. That is my sin. I apologize. And, and I'll be honest, like, when, when we're in the car, this is Megan the whole time in the past seat, like, Chase, you're like 12 inches from that car. And I'm like, what? I have eight inches to go? All right, let's move. Because we have that mentality. We're hurried. This busyness in our life just says that our time is so valuable, we got to get somewhere. Even with walking. You know, one of the things, when Megan and I first started dating several years ago, and we, we'd go on these walks together back when, you know, romanticism was alive, We'd go on these awesome walks together, and we'd be walking, and she'd look at me with this weird face, and I'd be like, what's wrong with you? She's like, we're not walking. And I'm like, my legs are moving. And she's like, no, this is walking. I'm like, no, that, that's like jogging or power walking. And she looks at me, and she goes, Chase, you're like on a stroll. And I'm like, I didn't know there was a difference from walking and strolling. But we, we just have this inner nature that we have to get to the next thing. Guys, that's what we want to talk about this morning. Because there's three big things that if we keep doing this kind of lifestyle of hurriedness and busyness, that we are going to miss out on. And I'm going to talk about each of those three as we go through the message this morning. So you already know it as you're sitting in here, man. Pastor Chase is going to be talking about our schedules, our priorities, how much we commute our kids back and forth. Yeah, you're right. I'm going to hit a couple of those things. But there's some good reasons behind why we're hitting this morning. So just bear with me and let's uh, have some fun this morning, all right? The first text I want to go to this morning, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 4 says this. And what I love about Ecclesiastes, it's kind of like Solomon's journal. And here's what you have, this awesome gem. Then I observed that most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors. But this too is meaningless like chasing the wind. And so when we talk about busyness in our lives, we have to ask, what's our priority? Why are we so busy? Why are we so busy? Why is it that when I get in the car and turn on the map app on my phone, I see the arrival time when I'm supposed to get to my house, and I'm like, man, I can probably cut 30 minutes off of that. Why do we get that way? What's up with this? Why are we so driven to work so much? Why are we so driven to spend so much time doing so many other things? And why are we so busy? Why do we busy our lives? And, and I think Solomon's right. He, when he observed most people are motivated to success because they envy their neighbors. They see what other people are doing and think, man, I could do more. I could be doing this. We need to be doing this or that. Yeah, we just got through the holidays. If there's something we need to talk about detoxing from, it's busyness. 
Because no one in their right mind has ever said, yep, December is my non-busy month. That has never been said in the history of man. No one's ever been like, yep, December, it was slow. It's like, hey, what family are we going to here? What holiday is happening next? What house are we going to at this point? We always have to go to grandma's because she's always hosted, so we got to drive that extra hour, whatever it is. December is busy, and our lives are busy and reflects what we have going on. And so as Solomon writes, it says, we are motivated to success because of the envy of our neighbors, because we see what they're doing, and we want to do that. We want to look like we got it all put together. And I'm telling you, church, if we keep living busy lives like this, that always have structure and are never ending, never have a Sabbath, let me tell you about the first thing we're going to miss. If we keep doing this, we're going to miss great moments. We're going to miss great moments. I want to circle back on something for a second. If I could look back at 2020, and yeah, most people, including myself, if you ask, hey, how do you feel about 2020, we'd be like, gosh, what a horrible year. But man, what a year it was to stop for a second and enjoy some moments. And what I mean by that is moments with family. Because literally, you might have got some forced family time. Maybe for some of us, a little bit too much. If we keep our busy pace going on and we keep doing this, we're going to get tunnel vision and we're going to miss great moments. I want to talk about a story in Scripture this morning. And this is where we're going to be most of the morning. And it comes from Luke chapter 10. And it's the story of two ladies. And so I, I want to talk about, so Luke chapter 10, starting in verse 38, it's the story of Mary and Martha. So starting in verse 38, it says this. Now as they went on their way, Jesus entered a village, and a woman named Martha welcomed, welcomed him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Let's stop there for a second. Let me unpack a couple things here real quick. The first thing you know is this town they're in is called Bethany. It's about two miles outside of Jerusalem. And a little bit about Mary and Martha, okay? These people would be close to Jesus. We, we know this from John chapter 11 when Lazarus, their brother, dies and Jesus comes to be with them. Talks about what great friendship they all have. So they're close friends with Jesus. And so as Jesus has been traveling through Galilee and, and Judea, he's going to stop somewhere. And, and so they have the celebration of the feast, but this is not that point. So right after that, he goes to dinner at Mary and Martha's. And then the prep starts. These sisters are like, hey, we got to get this ready. Understand something. You might be like, oh, they're taking in one person. Okay, first off, when Jesus traveled, he kind of had an entourage, all right? So at minimum, they probably had 12 people to prepare for. And so as they're preparing this, this meal and Jesus comes in, all of a sudden we see Mary leaves her sister and goes and sits at the feet of Jesus to learn and to hear his teaching couple things that are, let me say from my perspective, interesting about that. The first being that she really did take on a male role to sit at the feet of Jesus and learn. Same position the disciples would have been at that point. 
that's just really interesting. And that's a whole sermon in itself that I can't get into. But that's what she chooses to do. And then Martha comes out and Martha is just not having it. Let's be honest. Who's got the slacker sibling? Anybody? Oh, come on. Let's be honest. If they're in the room, don't raise your hand. But who's got the slacker sibling? When you guys prepare the holiday meal, you know, hey, this person is bringing the beverages. Or this person is bringing the bag of chips. We all have that family member. All right, or if they want to try to go a little bit into it, they're the ones making the green bean casserole because we could probably train a monkey to do that. All right, just say it. But they're not the ones making the homemade scalloped potatoes. They're not the one that's making the honey glazed ham. So everyone's got that person probably in their family. You can think about them for a second. Maybe text them later. And this is what's happened. Martha feels all of a sudden, hey, Mary's abandoned me. I got so much stuff going on. I got A to Z, and we're at E. We have so many people in our house. We got so much to do. And she's being selfish. Are you kidding me? We've all been there. Maybe don't think about that in the work or the home, but in the workplace. We all sometimes look at a coworker and be like, man, if you worked half as hard as I did... This place would be awesome. You know who I'm talking about? Come on. Maybe it's not in the home or maybe it's in the workplace. Maybe it's in the school you attend. And you're like, man, if they just did their work as hard as I did, they would have better grades. I don't know what it is in your life, but you look around, we see people, all of a sudden we're like, man, if they just had the, the structure that I had and managed their time like I did down to the minute, I know that at 9.05, I got to do this. I know at 6.05 a.m., I got to wake up. I've even scheduled at 6.09 a time to go to the bathroom for two minutes. If that is you, you have a problem, and let's talk about it later, all right? But we've gotten so busy in our culture today, it's kind of like how it's gotten. And then we look around and ask, why is everybody not as busy as we are? Why are people not doing as much as we are? It's the same way Martha felt. So church, guess what? This problem's not new. The problem of busyness and just putting into our lives all this stuff to make sure that we have things to do is not a new problem. It's not like we developed it with electricity and technology. It's always been there. So what happens is Martha gets upset. And so, so Martha was distracted with all the serving and she went up to Jesus and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. Tell her to help me. So not, Martha just didn't go up to Mary and be like, Mary, what are you doing? All right? She went to like the trump card. She went to Jesus. Man. And looked at Jesus, stopped what Jesus is doing and said, hey, tell her to help me. Talk about being so busy and missing great moments. Because in the Greek that helped me, what that really means is the syllabano. It means her fair share. I don't feel like she's pulling her weight. And church, when we have that mentality of, man, I got to do so much, and these other people are not, and we get ourselves so tunnel visioned on doing things that don't matter, not only do we miss these great moments, but we're going to miss great opportunities. Because what had happened there is Mary saw 
an opportunity to learn at the feet of Jesus. And she did it. And we, we judge Martha really harshly, but we also don't realize the boldness that Mary had. It wasn't just a common thing for her to be like, oh, you know what? I'm going to go sit with the guys and learn from Jesus. That took some boldness. That took her looking at this opportunity and saying, you know what? I know I got so much stuff going on. I know I should be helping Martha, but I'm going to do this. Because there's a moment in front of me that I don't want to miss. This opportunity to learn from the greatest teacher that's ever been on earth, and I'm going to take it. And she does. And Martha comes out like all of us would, let's be real, and just goes off. Man, the lid has been flipped. The candle of patience is completely burned out. And Martha lets Mary have it by looking at Jesus and saying, hey, you tell her to help me. Teacher, you tell her that she's wrong and she should help me. Verse 41 and 42, Jesus says this. When we start to see these words in text, but the Lord answered her. Most of the time, and I'm going to give you guys a, a quick lesson here that we can always take this from Scripture. Anytime you're reading Scripture and you see, but the Lord answered, please note that teaching point, listen up. Even for us. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion which will not be taken away from her. Okay, not only does the gospel writer of Luke give us the, the Lord answered her, but then we get this Martha, Martha from Jesus. Yeah, because who likes hearing their name twice? No one. Who likes hearing, oh, Chase, Chase. Because you know it's like disappointment. It's like, hey, you've missed the boat, man. You've missed something awesome happening. You feel justified, you feel vindicated, but you've missed something great. And this is what Jesus is saying to her. Martha, you're anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary, and Mary has chosen the good portion. Now, before you're like, oh, I get it. Do we? Do we? Because we look at Martha and we judge pretty harshly. We're like, Martha, that was Jesus sitting in front of you. Jesus. First off, we have high insight. We know that he went to the cross. We know he raised three days later. We know he's the salvation of the world. So put yourself in Mary's shoes. None of that's happened yet. Spoke about it, but not happened. Can you judge her? Can we, in our American culture and context, really judge her for saying, yep, she was trying to keep things tidy and make sure everything flowed well, best party planner ever. Can we judge her? No. Because church, we are a Martha culture. Whether you like to believe it or not. We want things to have their place. We want things to be where they should be. We want things to be done right. One of the things I learned early on as a, as a child was this. One of the quotes that was used in my household a lot was, do it once, do it right. So take your time. Be diligent. Guys, that's who we are as a culture. We strive for perfection. 
We strive for things to look great. But I need to ask a question. What's the priority? Because the things that we focus on, you need to start weighing out. I need to start weighing out. Where's the importance rank in this? Because here's the problem we have. If I could be so bold, I think a true statement might be said that we really don't have true relationships anymore on a big scale. Seriously. Think about that for a second. If you could think about all of the friends that you have, how many of them do you really know a lot about? How many of them do you know, hey, I know what's going on in the deep down in their life? One? Two? Okay. But I bet you, I could ask you about 100 people, and you're like, hey, I know what's going on in their life because I saw what they posted on Facebook yesterday. Guys, when we get so focused on other things in life and we get so busy, we miss out on great moments, we miss out on great opportunities, and all of a sudden, people become less important. Church, if there's something that's true, it's this. Time is not more important than people. Our time is not more important than relationships. As a pastor, I will tell you right now, anytime I've done a funeral, prep for a funeral, talk to grieving families, never have I heard this statement. Man, I spent too much time with them. Man, we shared too many memories. Do you know what I always hear? I always hear this. I just wish I would have sat down more and talked with them. We all feel that way. I'm not judging because I'm the same way too. I like my busy life. I like my schedule. But church, we might be putting something ahead of something that's more important. Our time is not more important than our relationships. Husbands, do you hear me on that? Our time is not more important than our relationships. I'm not saying work's not important. I'm not saying kids aren't important. What I'm saying is this. They're not the most important. If we want to have a better 2021, maybe we need to start detoxing our busy lives a little bit more. Because here's what's going to happen. Not only are we going to miss great moments, we're going to miss great opportunities. And third, we are going to miss what matters. Because Martha missed what mattered. That Jesus was going to be here a short time. And she had the opportunity to learn from him on a deeper level. But what she got fixated on is cultural norms and how she should be, you know what, honestly, being a good host, having great hospitality. And she got focused on the tasks and she missed the person in front of her. And we do the same thing. If I could put this on a different level, a, a quote that Charles Swindell has that I absolutely love is this. We worship our work, we work at our play, and we play at our worship. We worship our work, we work at our play, and we play at our worship. I want to break that down for a second, what that means. In our culture, work has become, it has become God. On, on, for some of us on a level. I have to put in the 55 hours plus. I have to. I have to make sure that we have more than my family had growing up. Guys, there's nothing wrong with having that motivation or that desire. Please hear me on that. There's nothing wrong with wanting to have nice things. 
But the problem is when our want for nice things overtakes something that should be more valuable and more important. Guys, this is not the pastor that's going to tell you that we should never have a nice thing. All right? I have nice things, and I don't want to be a hypocrite telling you not to have nice things. I like my nice things. I like my TV that I get to watch the Packers on. I do. By the way, I love it that I saw more Packers stuff coming in the building than Bears stuff this morning. That was awesome. Loved it. Greatest moment I had at church this morning was that right there, right? Love it. Saw an Aaron Rodgers jersey coming. I'm like, yes, this is church. <sighs> Beside the point, I digress. But guys, seriously, we, we sometimes, it's okay to have nice things, but when you have put having nice things above a relationship, above a marriage, above spending time with our kids, That's not a good thing. One thing that I get convicted on a lot, and my wife helps me do this because she convicts me on this. My mother has a tendency to call us like once a week on my cell phone. And like, this is literally my reaction sometimes. Mom, love you. Is this like, oh, oh, Megan, <laughs> take the phone. And seriously, I have that reaction sometimes. Because I'm in my own moment. I, I got my own thing going on, all right? I, I do. Man, that's not okay. Man, that's wrong. What is wrong with us in our culture that we have realized that we think that what we're doing right now is more important than the relationships we have around us? Especially the one we have with God. We do worship our work. That next part of that quote, we work at our play. That's so true. Let's be honest. Who in here loves playing games, loves playing sports? Who loves it? Who's like, yes, we are a sports family. What up? Yep, absolutely. Uh, in my household growing up, it was a simple line. You don't play for fun. You play for keeps. You play to win. Playing was not for fun. Baseball was not fun. Went out there, I could hit three for, I'd go three for four and be flawless in the field. And I'd walk off and dad would be like, dude, what happened that one time? That, I'm serious, that's how we are. I get it. I love being challenged. We work at our play. Don't hear what I'm not preaching though. I'm not saying those things can't be important. But what I'm saying is they have their place. And when we all of a sudden we take those things and we make them more important than they are, that's a problem. Somebody that's coached baseball and indoor soccer, I'll tell you this. First off, never played soccer a day in my life, but somehow I coached it. Don't know how that happened. But, you know, I played baseball, played football all my life, and I've coached baseball and i coached soccer. And one thing I love about coaching is getting to spend time with young people and watching them grow in teamwork. You know what I hate about coaching? You know what I really hate about coaching? Parents. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding because I, I, when, I, when I coached players, I remember telling, because I coached uh, sophomores and juniors in high school, so 16 and 17-year-olds. And when I told them, I said, guys, there's only one person here allowed to ever yell at the referee, and that's me. That's my job. Don't take my fun from me. That's not your job. I never had to worry about a player yelling at a referee. You know what I had to worry about? Is crazy mom in the stands yelling at the referee. Because I'll be honest, it wasn't dad most of the time. It was crazy mom. <laughs> and I remember as a coach being like, stop. What are you doing? 
Because it got so bad where I was from in Pennsylvania because soccer was huge for some reason. Don't know why, but it was huge. I remember the ref coming over and he said, hey, I am going to give your stands a yellow card. You can do that? I had no idea you could do that. And I'm like, what does that even mean? And, I, and the, the ref looks at me and goes, hey, if they get a double yellow card or a red card, either the whole stands leave or your team forfeits. Sweet. Kick them out. <laughs> Go. I'm cool with that. <laughs> Pull out that card. I love the idea. But church, I'm serious. We, we do. We work at our play. And we've passed that culture along. And guys, don't get me wrong. I'm a huge competitor. I'm competitive at everything I do. I don't care if it's me and Megan driving back to the house separately. I am going to beat her back to the house. I get it. But when we take things like that and we elevate them that they are now the most important thing in our household or our life, we've done something wrong. We've missed the point. And the last thing is this, and we play at our worship. There's nothing that cuts this past of the heart deeper than that. And here's why. Since we worship our work, and we have a culture that kind of feeds into that, and we work at our play, the only thing that's left for worship time is for us to play at it. Yeah, yeah. I can be there once a month. I can be there sometimes. I can open this. You know what? Hey, you know what? Hey, God, I got some free time. Hold on. Seven minutes. For seven minutes, I got this. Scheduled you in from 1235 to 1240 at night. Please hear me. This is just as much for me as it is for you. We have missed out on some great moments. We have missed out on some great opportunities. And we have missed out on what matters. We are doing this sermon series because we've got to detox from things. Yes, there are good things to have. Sports are good things to have. Nice things, possession, those can be good things to have. But please understand me. Those good things do not have the right to be elevated into God things. Because church, whether we like to believe it or not, what that's called comes from Exodus chapter 20. It's idol worship. And I know you guys all thought we don't have idol worship anymore. We're not like bowing down to statues anymore. That's the same thing. The same thing. Our structure, our busyness, it's the same thing. The letter of 1 John writes this. 1 John chapter 2, verses 15 to 17. Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and pride of life is not from the Father, but it is from the world. Verse 17, and the world is passing away along with its desires, but whoever does the will of God abides forever. Let's go through that one more time. Don't love the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Because the world is passing away. What's been said here is this. We are missing out on what matters. There's eternity at stake. Our relationship with God, our relationship we have with the Savior, Jesus Christ, that is the thing that gets to hold the God category. It is what deserves our time, our reverence, our worship. We're not supposed to play at that. 
So yes, the decisions we make, the structures we set for our lives, they matter. So if you're looking up and you're saying, you know what, I'm tired of 2020. I felt so incomplete. I felt like I was yearning for something that never happened. I'm tired of all the trash that's happened in 2020. I want, or ready, a new me, all right? If you're looking at that and you're saying, I need more from this, I'm telling you, the answer is God. The answer is, where's our relationships at with Christ? How much time are we truly spending in the word? How much time are we praying? How much time are we actually picking up the phone, calling somebody and saying, hey, here's what I read in scripture. What'd you get from this? Maybe you're like, Chase, I've never had that kind of conversation. Dude, here's my cell phone. Call me. I would love to talk to somebody else about scripture besides pastors. It gets boring just talking to pastors. Because they think they know more than me. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Guys, I'm what are we doing? How are we spending our time? So as we talk about detoxing, I want to give you a couple things that I want us to do together. One is this. Next week, I know we're talking about anxiety and fear. The week after that, I know we're talking about anger and revenge and malice. And the week after that, I know we are talking about shame and guilt. If you know someone that's struggling, you need to text them and say, hey, Either watch online or be in person. Come and sit with me. You don't want to miss out the rest of the series. That's something you can do. Because guess what? That person matters more than our time. That relationship matters more than the time it takes to have that conversation on the phone or through text. That's something simple that we can do. It's an opportunity we don't have to miss out on. Something else a little bit harder, I want to encourage all of us to do this. Slow down. Slow down. When I sit in a room and I, I do marriage counseling from time to time, or even when I do premarital counseling, one of the conversations I have commonly is this. When's the last time you each sat down and just said, man, we are enjoying where we are at right now? When's the last time you sat down and said, man, this feels good right now. We are happy right now in this moment. And I get the same deer in headlights look every time I ask that question. People do that? Well, we should. Because outside of our relationship with the Father, outside of our relationship with Jesus Christ, the most important thing you have is your relationship with your spouse, that person that might be sitting next to you. Yep, more important, that kid that's sitting on the other side of you. Sorry, kids, you're not that important. How are we spending our time, church? Because maybe 2020 wasn't great for your relationship. Maybe 2020 wasn't good for your marriage. 2021 can be better. Slow down. Detox the busyness out of your life because yes, the busyness we put in our lives is a toxin and it is going to eat at something. And most of the time, what it eats at is our most important relationships, the first one being our relationship with the Father. And maybe you're here this morning and you're like, you know what, I have no idea what you're talking about, Chase. I, I don't have this relationship with Jesus that you're talking about. I'm telling you right now, if you don't have that, I, I'm just gonna be bold and say it, you're missing something awesome. You're missing something great. Because I'll be the first to tell you, when I remember back in my life when I didn't have that relationship, man, did I not feel whole. Man, did I not feel complete. I felt lonely, I felt anxious, I felt depressed. I hated that part of my life. 
It's not all easy. It's not like, yep, I'm going to take Jesus and my life is perfect. But if you're saying, I want to take that first step today, come see me. Come see Pastor Dan. See Pastor Lizzie. See Kyle at Connection Central. Because we want to have that conversation with you. Maybe you've already got this all put together and said, yep, I belong to Jesus. What's next for me? Well, what's next for you is this. Go home. Evaluate your time. And I want you to truly ask yourself the question. And the question is this. How would God see me spending my time and is he okay with this? Because I think you're going to find the same answer that I find. And that answer is no. Because I could be doing better. I could be doing better. Because we live in a Martha culture. And my goodness, we need to be more sitting at the feet of Jesus and wanting to learn more. I hope you take that challenge seriously today. Let's pray. Heavenly Father God, as we just um, close out this morning, may we take to heart what you tell us. May we not fall in love with the things of this world. May we understand that there's, it's okay to have nice things. It's okay to have good things. But may we understand that you should always be the priority, that you should always hold the number one spot, God. May we know that our relationship with Christ is what is valued most to us because it affects our eternity and our time should reflect that. God, there's, there's nothing better than that. God, as we start this 2021, may we start dedicating more of our time to you. May we say, yes, we want more and that more is you because we have a need because we want great things. Man, and you'd give us great things, God. We are truly blessed to get, our, get to call ourselves sons and daughters of Christ. You protect us, you guide us, you convict us. But we ask you this morning that you move us to want to live a better and holy life and detox our souls from the time of busyness that we may spend more time with you. Pray us in your name. Amen.